You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to up the floor. Reza dropped down. Kobe! Oh! A Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball will never be the same! So that now has entered the fray. Yes! And good day, good night, and welcome back to Hardwood Radio. We are back after a little holiday hiatus, and it was a little longer due to unforeseen circumstances, but we are back, and Ben, first of all, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Kevin. Happy New Year to everyone listening at home. We wish you great basketball, great drama on the court, and maybe a little bit off the court because it's always interesting. Uh, let's start, Ben, with on the court. Last night, drama, Philadelphia buzzer beater to beat the Knicks over. Um, Christoph, it was not over Pazingas, but Pazingas was looking at the whole scene, and you can see in his face the emotion down. And Philly, 11 wins, surpassing their season total of 10 last year. And it's not even at the All-Star game break. So, first of all, are you impressed by Joel Embiid slash the Sixers? We've talked about it over the last few weeks, but he keeps doing better than expected with a season-high 14 buckets on the 14 board last night. First of all, you know your team is nearing rock bottom when TJ McConnell, who is arguably one of the worst players in the league, beats you with a freaking buzzer beater. (laughs) Well, exactly. so hurt last night i was like I'm like not him of all people i was i kept crapping on that guy on twitter and while he gets a good performance here and there and he gets an obscene playing time for a guy of his talent he he keeps making me lie um as far as philadelphia is um as is concerned they've been a little bit of an obsession of ours for the last two years for the duration of this podcast is the process working? Is who is the process? Is Joel Embiid the process? <laughs> trust the, the process. Answer? Trust the process. The, the answer is yes. He the is. The answer is yes. And I trust him. Uh, it's been um, since, damn, it's been a really, really long time. Maybe since Kevin Durant in 2007, that's a player, uh, such a player of impact has changed the face of a franchise like these. Um, the uh, the 76ers are still nearing the bottom of the league, but like Joel Embiid put himself very astutely in the um, in the newspaper, um, they are only like six or seven games from the playoffs. They're st- they're nearing the bottom, but there's still there's six or seven games nearer the playoffs. It's crazy. And- he is a transformative talent, and it's both a question of talent, of skill, and attitude. That guy loves playing basketball he is playing basketball with a ravenous passion and energy and he 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 learns the plays quickly he 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 enjoys the uh the pressure he enjoys the challenges he tried to dunk on chris stapp's porzingis last (laughs) night he almost did it yeah and it, it was like you could see it after the after the uh after the game like he's creamy he took 
He took TJ McConnell's head in his huge hands and he screamed at him in joy. Like, and he, he danced for about he 10 minutes uh, on the yes. court after the game. Even though he twisted his ankle earlier in the game, he was fine. He danced for about 10 minutes, made the social media round. It was impressive. When we talk about the Sixers, and you, you mentioned the famous trust the process quote that everybody mm -hmm. mentions around the Sixers. And you know what part of the process is? is changing the mentality, changing mm -hmm. the attitude of, yeah, okay, you know me now. It's been a, more than a year on the show here. I like to take small event and hyperbolize out of them the entire mentality of something, and that's what I'm going to do right here. The Sixers, and when you tank for years and you don't have the best direction and you don't necessarily have a direction long term, when you want to create one, the first thing you need to do is change instincts, change mentality, change the way people perceive things. And always losing does take a toll. But if you l look at it differently, if you try to not necessarily always look at it by win and losses, but gains and how you can do and what you can achieve. And when it starts to work, you get more victories eventually. And 2017 is that. 16-17 is a regular season is that for the Sixers where they're trusting the process to change from the laughing stock of the NBA to a team that's up and coming in the next five to ten years, but once it gets there and wants to stay there, that's the process. Yes, and I, all of that right now rides on Joel Embiid, and the guy who has the most to gain uh, right now from Joel Embiid is a guy who's going to come back to, it's going to actually make his debut after the All-Star break, a guy named Ben Simmons. Um, ben Simmons is a passer, but he's a very terrible shooter. And now he's going to have the best target in the NBA down low to uh, finish his passes. It's going to relieve so much pressure from him because right now the attention is not on him, it's on Joel Embiid. Like, they're going to have two number ones, but one of their number ones is going to be the number two. It's going to be Ben Simmons. And he, like, he is a superstar. Like, he is a franchise player like a we haven't seen a guy good like him in a decade a decade coming from the draft all right and then this being our first show of 2017 yes. we started a tradition last year of giving our new year's wishes to every single team in the nba we will start to do that this show as well and alphabetical order obliges mm -hmm. atlanta is our first receivant so Whatever you want to call that verb right now. <laughs> the first recept uh, recipient, exactly, recipient yes. of our wishes of the year. <laughs> um, the, the Atlanta Hawks traded last week um, their, all their, their, their star sharpshooter, Kyle Korver, to the, um, to the um, Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in exchange for a first-rounder in 2019 and two and old players in Mike Donlevy and Mo Williams. And which everybody thought, okay, the Hawks are blowing it up, and the Hawks are uh, the Hawks are going to are going in sell mode, which is what they should do right now. Like right now, they're they're going a good streak, but they should think about selling. And what happens to me, what happens to them right now, seems like an owner who doesn't want to let go of the past. I wish. For the Atlanta Hawks in 2017, I wish a godfather offer for Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap is a great player, he, but he has the balance of power in the Eastern Conference. Let's say Paul Millsap is traded to Toronto, which is a very strong possibility. Toronto is not 
quite good enough to beat Cleveland, but they're one Kyrie Irving ankle tweak away from doing it. <laughs> one great moment by Kyle Lowry in the playoffs, close to buzzer beater time or something. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. They're yes. not able to maybe push them seven, but at least maybe push them six and close to a seventh game. With they get they get really close. Like they get like. Like in terms of percentage, like 55-45 of the um, of the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cavaliers are playing like basketball gods right now, but it really doesn't always last for uh, 82 to 110 games. I wish the Hawks to I wish the Hawks to have a Godfather offer and finally uh, blow that core up and restart again. What I wish for the Hawks, and it's uh, something yes. that happened, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, uh, before the game, uh, uh, Dwight Howard, former teammate of Jeremy Lin with the Lakers, uh, said, was going to go shake Jeremy Lin's hand. Jeremy Lin was still dressed in yes. his regular show. And just before he shake his hand, he's like, nope, dad's in the face, walk away, and smiles. Uh, that's a very heel move, and karma is, you know what, sometimes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I wish for the Hawks. Maybe one of those too many uh, move, heelish move of mm-hmm. of a uh, Dwight Howard that actually the public will turn on Howard. I, I think, may not as a wish, but I see this happening, that he's going to go too far one of those days and, and be naughty and not necessarily be nice to a fan favorite. <laughs> yes, why not? I mean, um, he has a very tradable contract right now. And um, he, if he goes heel and Atlanta rejects him, um, he's he's very movable. If he goes heel and Atlanta embraces him, he's their native son. I mean, it's a win-win situation. <laughs> exactly. Let's move on to the Celtics, man. Yes. Um, okay. This, one of the greatest trades of uh, what was hail as the greatest trade of uh, this decade is the. Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett trade from Boston to Brooklyn. Um, basically, uh, Boston got in, in exchange. They got um, um, Chris Humphreys, Marshawn Brooks, um, another player I don't quite remember. But everybody says that the it was a fleecing. That um, okay, yeah, they got three first round picks too. I forgot to mention. Uh, it was a, there was a fleecing that. Um, uh, Brooklyn high, like, like sold their future to Boston, but right now that trade is looking pretty even to me. Um, the first draft pick was um, James Young, who is a marginal player. The second draft pick was last year was Jalen Brown, and even if Jalen Brown becomes as good as Jay Crowder is right now for um, Boston, who is by far their second best player, it's a pretty even trade yet. So I wish. I wish the Nets finish last and that they get Markle Fultz, that super athletic point guard from Washington State that looks eerily like John Wall. Like, Fultz is burning the um, NCAA this year. He is ridiculously talented. I wish them Markle Fultz so they can tip the scale finally and win this trade once and for all. What I wish the Celtics, you mentioned uh, in your... Uh, your wish right there, the amount of, tr- of uh, draft picks and potential trade bait that the Celtics do have. And I wish them a way to trade some of those assets to get better value, to get bigger 
value on the court, bigger reward from their players because they're a good team, but they're not an elite team. And if they want to become an elite team, they need some help. They got a lot of assets yes. they could do, but I literally mm-hmm. asked them to finally go ahead, take the decision and do those trades, execute, and not just talk about it and have those assets in the bank. Yes, um, that's a really good uh, wish. Um, the thing is, I thought about wishing them that. I thought about wishing them Jimmy Butler. But the thing is, with these players, that most of these players were available are free agents this summer, right? And my wish uh, for um, Markel Fultz means that there will be a more attractive uh, destination so like they can sign these players right away. So uh, I'm really worried about um, a trade scenario for the Celtics because everybody knows the Celtics would be uh, vulnerable to acquiring a, um, a star on an expiring deal. So I wish them, I wish them like certitude, and that's why I want Markel Fultz before a superstar. Like the, if Markel Fultz comes there, he's gonna be good right away, and the superstar will come. I think. What I give the Nets is the exact opposite of what <laughs> I have gave the Celtics. Bring on some assets to the Nets. They desperately need them. Draft picks, money, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They need a lot of those in the next 12 months. And they do need to find a way to get some draft picks heading into the 2017 draft. So uh, here you go. Uh, get some draft picks. Get some help yes. for the Nets. Well, my wish is very, very similar. What do you offer a team that has no hope? Um, the Nets right now are a surprisingly watchable NBA team. They're fun. They're scrappy. They play hard. They believe in what Kenny Atkinson is telling them. I wish it just someone to give a first-rounder for Brook Lopez. Brook Lopez is not as much of an enticing um as much of an enticing proposition as he was three or four years ago because the NBA yeah. is changing so much. But he's still a but, big man and still big and physical. Exactly. And some teams need some help down low, notably the Portland Trailblazers, who need a little bit of everything right now, but it could use, um, could use uh, this guy, uh, Brooke Lopez, very much. So I wish them... Someone, just someone really, really um, desperate for some help down low to give them a first rounder and maybe a, a young, good young player for Brook Lopez. All right, moving on to Charlotte, the Hornets. What do you wish Michael Jordan's team in 2017? The Charlotte Hornets are very good this year. They're also very watchable. They're a fun team. They have, they're susceptible to nights where they break the ball like 45 times in a row. But they're they're a fast-paced, exciting team. I wish, and but they're on the verge of being an inconsequential playoff team. One of the teams that always makes a playoff, but that never goes anywhere. Um, the the Hornets have a lot of good white guys playing down low, like good big white guys, like guys like Cody Zeller, Frank Kaminsky. They're good, they're crafty, but they're not. Why they're not quite a factor yet. You know who was good and crafty, but not quite a factor for many years? Yeah. Do you? Uh, not really. Paul Millsap. When oh, he played for the wow. Jazz. There you go. <laughs> so I wish, them, I wish them to make a godfather offer for Paul Millsap uh, in order to breed these young, these big young bigs uh, and to becoming like 
really like borderline all-star players like Millsap this year. Yeah, that like, bas- basically you want the big men they do have to become more shooting, more port-oriented that would give a little break to the rest of the team while on the court. And it goes in a way in the sense of what I was thinking for Charlotte Hornets mm-hmm. is to give yes. them, because it's a, like you mentioned, they're having a decent season. It's mm-hmm. a team aspect. They're scoring in bunches as a team. There's not mm-hmm. one individual that raises that much higher than the rest and maybe that's what they need one guy who consistently will put double digits 20 points in and uh, maybe some assist as well i'm not talking about james harden or mm-hmm. russell westbrook double uh, triple double type of numbers but mm-hmm. just a little higher number so maybe mm-hmm. a not necessarily a big man but a man who can score on a regular basis a little higher than they have right now and that would like you mentioned be the difference between Six or seven, you make the playoff, you lose in the first round, day in, day out, or maybe having a shot of having even home field advantage heading into that first round. Absolutely. And I think that Paul Millsap, not only is this guy who would make a terrific uh, pick-and-roll combination with uh, Campbell Walker, but uh, Millsap not only is this guy, but he would prepare, he would elevate the level of that team and prepare them for the next few years. Moving on up a little more, well, a little, a lot more west, going to Chicago. The We talked about the team that Michael Jordan owned. Now let's talk about the team that Michael Jordan built, the Bulls. Um, Doug McDermott has been hurt for a lot of the season, a lot of other injuries and inconsistencies. What do you wish the Bulls in 2017? The, the biggest problem the Bulls have right now is that it's not on the court. Like, there's a lot of talented players on the court. Like, right now I'm looking at their roster, and I see Jimmy Butler, I see Isaiah Cannon, Taj Gibson, Jerry and Grant, Robin Lopez, McDermott, Mirotic, Valentine, Wade. I like I like all these players. When you say Wade at the end, just in passing like this, it tells a lot about the roster. Yes, well, I was going on uh, on um, alphabetical order. My bad. Um, <laughs> but, but whatever is not on the court with the Chicago Bulls is rotten. Fred Hoiberg, nobody buys into no nobody uh, uh, buys into what he's selling. The, the coach Gar Foreman, the GM, has done mistakes over mistakes over mistakes since um, the since the Derek Rose got hurt. And John Paxson, their president, is putting his stamp of approval on anything. She, there's some neopotism going around in Chicago. They need a clean sweep. I want their owner Jerry Reinsdorf to fire everybody, start anew. That's what I wish them. Uh, you wish a clean slate. Clean slate yes. in 2017 for the Bulls. Exactly. Let's move to Cleveland. A, it's hard to wish something to a team that has it all. But what <laughs> do you wish the reigning and defending NBA champions? Uh, it's a championship or bust. I wish them I wish them health, like I wish everybody in the new year. And I wish them a championship. And right now, it's hard not to root uh, for them to win the second championships because these guys are playing like champions and they just added Kyle Korver, who is a career 50% three-point shooters to their uh, lineup. And, you know, Kyle Korver is not exactly that guy who's going to be hard to insert in the lineup. Like, it's going to be Kyle, stand in the corner, LeBron's going to drive to the basket and shoot and pass the ball if need be. And Kyle is going to make 50% of his three-pointers Cleveland's going to love them. And I'm starting to ponder if they're not my prohibitive favorite to to win the championship this year again. They are a well-oiled machine, and they're the only team in the East I would give that 
title two. Like there is two or there are three teams at least in the West who are well oiled machine, but in the East there is only one is the Cleveland Cavaliers and they're really good. Yeah, you mentioned health and I think that's one of the big things we can wish the Cavaliers. But you mentioned earlier they're only a Curry I uh Kyrie Irving ankle twist injury. Yes. A J.R. Smith, I don't know what happened. A yes. what if Maybe even if he's a man of steel, LeBron James, what if he gets injured? Yes, then if, if LeBron James gets injured, it's the end. It's, it's the end, exactly. So you never know what can happen. So I do wish them health. But for the Cavaliers to continue, I, I, I wish them a continuing evolution. They've, oh, yeah. They've seen, so sorry, man. They've seen the rise of the Warriors and figured out a way to play against that. And half the league is going to a blueprint, a way to play the game like the Warriors. And half the other league are trying to decipher what Cavaliers have done. So now it becomes very difficult to thread those waters of how do you play? How, what's your identity? And if they continue to evolve, they'll always be a step above, a step in front of everybody else. And that for the Cavaliers will mean championships. Absolutely. They are LeBron James dependent. They've always been like that, that entire, that the entire team, that entire franchise is dependent on LeBron James, but it works right now. And LeBron shows no signs of slowing down. He's getting more subtle, more sophisticated every season. So I am really confident the Cavaliers are going to at least make a very strong push for the title this year. Now, we're talking about one of the best teams in the league. Let's go to one of the worst teams in the league this year so far. Talking about the Dallas Mavericks. What do you wish Mark Cuban's team and Mark Cuban actually uh, being in the news lately in the NBA, if you want to touch about this as well? Yes, Mark Cuban has been... Uh, Adrian Wojnowski from uh, The Vertical has released like about an hour ago a, a piece about the referees complaining to the NBA about uh, Mark uh, Mark Cuban uh, intimidating them him from the sidelines. And honestly, if I'm Mark Cuban right now, I am really not in a good mood because his team stinks. Um, to be honest, his team has stink, stunk for a couple of years, but Dirk Nowitzki and Rick Carlisle always figured out a way to at least make the playoffs. But this year, what's the, the Mavericks are really the only team that what they need and what they want is the same thing and it's actually going to happen. Uh, the Mavericks need to bottom out. They need a, uh, a franchise talent, a young franchise talent. And right now they're third to last in the NBA and the draft coming up this year is one of the most talent-filled drafts since 2007. And they're going to get their talent. Like, and whoever is the best player uh, available, they're going to get him and they're going to need him. Um, this would be a tremendous place for Josh Jackson, for example, to start his career. So I wish the Mavericks keep going, trade Andrew Bogut, bottom out like really, really hard and get a first, uh, like a, 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 a franchise changing um, first round pick. We talked about it the last show before the break, how we thought the Dallas Mavericks, well, let's put it this way, quite frankly, they sucked, and you have to oh, yeah. face it. And not having a lot of things, uh, a lot of assets, we talked about assets to trade, they can't really get better. But what they can do is get some draft picks, get some bodies that are dwindling in Dallas mm. right now and get them to move on. Players like Andrew Bogut would be 
one of the first things they could uh, not necessarily get rid of, but yeah, you put it that way. You you fire Salibet. You're not going to get anything for Dirk, so you have to come to the realization that Dirk's going to retire as a Mavericks and it's going to be very, very, very mediocre setting. But you might get something for Andrew Bogut and the likes of other players. So mm-hmm. maybe Bogut is the one thing we can wish them is trade him and get a few draft picks. Absolutely. He's not going to get a few draft picks because he's on an expiring contract, but at least yeah, one. Yeah, at least one, like, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Denver Nuggets. By the way, the Nuggets in London put on a thrashing of the Celtics by like 40 points. That was something else. Yes, the Denver Nuggets are overflowing with talent right now. They're overflowing with talented players. They have too many talented players at each position. So some player at one at some point doesn't have enough playing time. Like he's having an unfairly low uh, playing time. Um, they're having a happy problem, but he can't quite figure out <coughs> pardon me, a way to win consistently. Um, I like I wish Denver Nuggets a bloodbuster trade for a superstar. Um, they have all the pieces. They have. They're gonna have some high draft picks this year. I wish the Denver Nuggets are trade to um, the Washington Wizards. They trade Emmanuel Mudiay, Malik Beasley, and Danilo Gallinari, and their first round pick this year for John Wall. John Wall is a bona fide superstar. He's been rotting away in Washington, a team that has no uh, vision and no direction whatsoever. Put all the young guys in the same in the same boat. Like make a Godfather offer. This team needs a superstar to to shock them back into um, yeah. into relevance. And well, I think they, John Wall is that guy. They've never really had a superstar since Melo left. Uh, yeah, no, they they haven't. They haven't. Like they're they're not a very they're not a very um, a very seducing. Uh, they're not a very seducing free agent destination. And um, there's. Um, they haven't been very lucky with the draft. Like they've been on a treadmill for a few years. So the stars have aligned. If one team makes a uh, a blockbuster trade at the traded line, I want it to be the Denver Nuggets, and I want them to get a player nobody expects. And John Wall would be just a perfect scenario. I have to agree with you. So for my Nugget picks, I'll go with you because I do feel they need a new star. I do feel they need a new mm-hmm. mellow. So uh, maybe in 2017 will be the year that happens. And we're moving to Detroit, the Pistons. What is your wish for the Pistons in 2017? Man, the Pistons are in a weird, weird place right now. They're they're not really a. They're, they have a, a record of 18 and 22. Um, they're building around Andre Drummond. Is not really. It's not quite working because Andre Drummond was a budding superstar three years ago, but the way the league changed, he's not he's not quite able to keep up with all these galloping young centers. He's too slow. Um, so they kind of need to let go of that idea that Reggie Jackson and Andrew Drummond um, are 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 going to carry this team alone. I I wish them that our Henry Hellenson and Michael DBJ develop into good bench players and that they get another good bench player in the draft. Like they need a good bench, this team. Like they they cannot buy their bench. Um, they have failed to do so for a couple of years now. I wish them to I wish them like to solidify their bench in the draft. 
their starting five is like, I have nothing bad to say about their starting five, which consists of Reggie Jackson, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Tobias Harris, um, uh, no, pardon me, Stanley Johnson, Tobias Harris, and Andrew Drummond. It's fine with me, but they need, like, as, as soon as these guys get off the floor, like, the team falls off a cliff. They need a better bench. Yeah, well, you mentioned Reggie Jackson. The thing is, uh, if you look statistically, the season when he's been off and on with the mm-hmm. team, they have a very different look. Not enough necessarily to dictate not playing him, but if you look at the defensive rating, especially with Jackson, they're 29th in the league, and without Jackson, they're 4th in the league. That's a big difference here. And if you go to the net rating as well, uh, the 30th in the league, last in the league with Jackson, 11th without Jackson. Van Gundy needs to find a way to get the offensive and most of all defensive output of the team with Jackson to the same ratio when without Jackson. Because if they do so... Sorry, Van, go ahead. Yeah, that's a very interesting stats you gave me there because Reggie Jackson usually like is a good two-way player. Um, he was injured for the first month or so of the season. Maybe he's not quite over his injury yet. Maybe they're forcing the game. I don't know, but I, I find that very, very intriguing. Yeah, credit bleached to report for those mm-hmm. stats. And look, let's just finish the stats entirely. The offensive rating doesn't offensive rating doesn't really change. They're 29th in the league at 99.9, and without Jackson, they're 102.6. So they're a little bit better, but not significantly significantly better. Mm-hmm. Same for the uh, field goal percentage. They're 48.6, 27th in the league with Jackson, and 49.1, 23rd in the league without Jackson. So mm-hmm. I think Jackson's presence. Being not a, not necessarily the franchise player, but being the most touted of the starting five, having yes. the certain responsibility on his shoulder to dictate everything. And if you're in an analytics, if you're a stat guy, looking at those stats, maybe tell you that Jackson should be part of this, but not put on his shoulder because mm-hmm. the potential output of your team is a lot higher if he's just a cog and not the entire machine. Absolutely, but these stats like are really intriguing because something doesn't add up like like reggie jackson should have more of his positive impact in this uh, especially that they struggled without him um I, I i'll keep an eye on this like you 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 you've, you've 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 woke up the beast you've woke up sherlock holmes inside me this is a very curious stat <laughs> exactly and the stat dates were about two weeks ago so Things does change, but uh, it's interesting to keep an eye on. And moving on to now, Golden State, the Warriors. Yes. We mentioned when we talked about the Cavaliers, it's tough to give somebody that has everything. How about somebody that has everything and then some? Yes, um, the Golden State Warriors, Like it's, it would be easy to wish them health and a uh, title like the... Uh, like the um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, but all season long, the defense has been quite uh, suspicious in Golden State. They are giving a lot of points every game. Even when when they win, they give like 108, 110, 115. Um, Part of that is due to the fact that the very serviceable Saza Pachulia is very very slow and has a hard time defending the pick and roll. Well, uh, well uh, I have just a, origi- sorry yeah, to ahead. interrupt you, Dwayne, uh, Ben, but there is the caveat of score effect, too. When you're leading by 30 points at the half, you're going to l- l- r- not push as hard on the offense, right? You're going to, you don't necessarily try to humiliate every team. So there's that aspect to 
those how many points that they do conceive uh, concede every game is look it's already 128 to 1 so it's fine if we give them a little points here and there Yes, but last year with Andrew Bogut, who was a good, uh, was a good uh, rim, rim protector, they were giving considerably less points. So that's why right. I'm worried. Okay. Because, yeah. because um, so I have a very original wish. Uh, right now, a bit of a hot potato in the league is Nerlens Noel from the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, he has demanded a trade and therefore has completely sunken his value because he's an expiring contract next uh, summer. He uh, was a first-round pick in 2013, and um, I like honestly nobody wants to wants to trade for him because he's going to be available as a free agent, and the Brooklyn Nets have made their intentions very clear to offer him a max contract. I don't think Nerlens Noel is quite a max player. Um, there's a very similar player in um, in uh, Minnesota uh, called named Gorgie Jang who earns 14 million a year, which makes sense. Um, so I wish that the Golden State Warriors gamble on him. I wish that they trade Kevin Looney, um, which was their first round pick a couple of years ago, to um, to Philadelphia for, for uh, Nerlens Noel. Is the winning culture and the, uh, and the leadership of this team is going to be enough to sway him? I I think so. I think Nerlens Noel would be a great addition and would like bridge defensive gap uh, in Golden State. I think it'd be I think it'd be a very good addition. That's my that's my funky wish of the of the day. Yeah, if I go now to uh, for the for Warriors, I don't really wish them anything. I think they <laughs> might have it all the way they are right now. If you're looking at uh, if it's Durant, maybe I wish them the Steph Curry of old. Because Steph Curry has yes. not been the 2015 Steph Curry since 2015. When 2017 yes. now, one of the reasons mm. why they didn't beat Cleveland in the final last year is, look, LeBron was just better than Steph. But yes. KD wasn't there. So the fact that Steph Curry might not have the same pressure on his shoulders to do everything, he has a up and... Well, it used to be up and coming, and now it's established Draymond Green taking some of that workload with a Kevin Durant there as well now. So you do have a Steph Curry that doesn't necessarily have the same pressure on his shoulder, but with less pressure, does it come with less motivation? Does it come with less of those uh, of those uh, intangibles coming into the equation here? So maybe they need the 2015 Steph Curry back to actually beat the Cavaliers this year. Well, that's a good point you make. Um, I'm a very, philosophically speaking, I'm a very big proponent of the idea that you only can have two ball-dominant guys in one lineup. And right now with Curry, Thompson, and uh, Durant, they have three. And, you know, somebody has to sacrifice shots somewhere. And Clay Thompson was the obvious choice uh, early this year. And in the immortal words of Thompson himself, I ain't sacrificing shit. And he hasn't. He is exactly the same player he was last year. And Curry has sacrificed some shots, has uh, sacrificed some on-ball time. I think that may be part responsible for that but if like you say the curry of old comes back uh gets hot like he used to be hot he's gonna force the team to feed him the ball and then like we're gonna have like an unstoppable duo with uh, kevin durant like kevin durant and steph curry on the same team does not make sense to me right now it's so good it's so stacked um 
like like all this team, like all this team, like all the talent on this team is insane. Like it's a, it, maybe they're not gonna win the, the title this year, but it's a question of time until they do, and like several times over. All right, now let's move to a team that I'm not maybe not out of nowhere, but the performance and the consistency of its star player this year is maybe a little bit out of nowhere. James Harden with the first half a season to remember in the history books. Now, uh, well, if you're looking at this individual stats, he's either winning or close to winning almost every single individual stats in 2016-17 so far. What do you give a team that has James Harden playing at a higher level right now? The, the Houston Rockets are probably my favorite team to watch this year. Uh, almost solely based on the fact that Mike, I was the only defender of Mike D'Antoni for over 10 years, and now he comes back and he is like his scorching machine is working again. Um, James Harden like killed the Knicks during the holidays. Like he almost made me want to cry. He scored 12, 53 points, 16 rebounds, and 17 assists. Like nobody else in the history of the NBA has done this. I can't even do this on in 2K. Like, that's how ridiculous that was. Um, I wish them recognition. This team is not getting enough recognition. I wish an MVP trophy to James Harden. I wish a Coach of the Year trophy to uh, to Mike D'Antoni. I think that the, um, that the uh, Golden State Warriors are engineered to beat them, that they're, they have everything, like they have all the necessary pieces at the right place to beat them. So, but I think that the final in the West is probably going to be Houston versus um, versus uh, Golden State, and I wish recognition for Houston. They are a great team. They are fun to watch. Um, they have figured it out. Like they're going to be a factor for a long, long time. Yeah, what I wish the Houston Rockets is the consistency, the same consistency that James Harden and company have shown. This year, surprising mm-hmm. everybody in their, their uh, preseason uh, forecast. Now you have a James Harden that's going for the record book. One of the only four players with Russell Westbrook, Michael Jordan, and I forget with over double digits, triple double. And mm-hmm. uh, that's in his entire career, not talking about a single season, which might be the case for Harden before this thing is all over. I just continuously wish them consistency, especially for 2017. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And now the Pacers, Ben. What do you give the Pacers with a lot of upcoming big decisions the club needs to take, looking at their star player? What do you wish the Pacers in 2017? Um, we, have failed the, we have failed the Pacers as a uh, NBA fans last summer. Like They painted themselves in a corner like doing a lot of weird moves and everybody drank the Kool-Aid. Like, oh, the Pacers are going to be a factor. I, I think I said like they could be like finalists, like um, uh, conference finalists, which is not true at all. <laughs> they're, they're barely going to make the playoffs. Um, uh, the Pacers are at a deadlock right now. They're, they have to do something drastic. They have to blow it up, basically. So what that means trading Paul George. Paul George is a really good player. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. But he, he let, the team is dragging him down right now. The team is something, his evolution as a player. He's 26 years old. 
and he he is not developing into the budding superstar he was supposed to be in, in 2013. So trade Paul George. Denver would be a great destination for him. <laughs> He's the big star that baby Denver needs. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they would need like a star, a uh, star forward, like a star uh, small forward would be would be a great idea for Denver. And I, I wish them I wish them to find a good home for Paul George. He, he deserves it. You know, when I think about the Pacers and I, I think about what Paul George means for the Pacers, it's opportunity missed. You put your eggs in that basket, wishing would develop it and ha- mm-hmm. and hatch the right hatch the right way and it didn't for many different reasons the Pacers hasn't become an elite team with Paul George even though Paul George could be considered an elite player not necessarily performing to an elite player level mm-hmm. as we speak can you get good assets for him can you get multiple draft pick and establish NBA players for him yeah so why not blow it all up why not instead of going back and just re-signing him and trying to build around him sometimes you have to take the gamble sometimes you have to throw the dice and getting rid of Paul George, blowing it up, wrap Paul George with another player and get three or four players that will revolutionize your team and maybe re-spark the Pacers, uh, not popularity because they're very popular in Minneapolis, but to re- rekindle that uh, a new attitude, a new team. Maybe that's what they need to blow it all up. I have to agree with you. Absolutely. And like Paul George deserves to be on a contender. It deserves to be uh, it deserves to be a winner right now, and it's not happening in Indiana. So, like, I, both sides are due for a breakup. I think two more to go for this week. So let's yes. go with the two teams from Los Angeles, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. What do you wish Blake Griffin and company in 2017? Man, um, they're not going to make the NBA Finals. Like as as sad as it is, they're not going to make the NBA Finals. They could make. The uh, they could make the um, conference finals. They couldn't make conference finals. They, uh, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they can. Like given how how how, how much of a scorching pace uh, <laughs> the the Rockets are playing. Like the Rockets are being absolutely absolutely incredible right now. The Rockets are the uh, monkey in the ranch that nobody expected between OKC and and oh, yeah. uh, Warriors, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I wish them a superstar performance for, from Chris Paul, like Chris Paul's last for Raw. That's what I wish them. Like he's been playing fantastic basketball all year. Uh, every year we're expecting him to get a little worse, but he's getting—he's just not, not not stopping. This year he's being beautiful. I wish them to upset one of the top three team in the playoffs. There we go. All right, for the Clippers, I wish them continuing friendship. Continuing, <laughs> just good. everybody to get along. Because if you go back to a year ago, we're talking about fights and people not getting along. So far, so good in 2016, 2017. Like, it was so bad last year that we were surprised that Griffin wasn't traded. That's how bad it was. Right now, we're talking about people getting along to go along and getting victories. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. So yes. I wish continuing friendship for the Los Angeles Clippers players. That's a good wish to give. And now to finish uh, this part, we'll have the next part next week, uh, to finish with this half, first half of the team for the wishes of 2017, the L.A. Lakers. What do you wish the Lakers in 2016-17? One of two things, that they either get so bad that they keep their pick for this year, they need to be a top three, but that's mostly not going to happen. That or that they take 
gamble on a veteran. Either it's Marcus Cousins, either it's maybe, maybe even Nerlens Noel. They have a lot of good young assets. Basically, the wish you gave to the uh, Boston Celtics, I wish it to the Los Angeles Lakers. They have good young, good young assets, but they need to move. Uh, they need to make something happen because they're not really good right now. They have only 15 wins this year, and they're not. They most likely lose their pick to Philadelphia, so they need to make something happen. Yeah. All right. My wish for the Lakers, and it's going to be bold. It's going to be brash. You need to move away from the from Kobe. You need to move away from Kobe's shadow, that it's still very present. Not because he's there or he's surrounded, just because he played for the team last year and he retired now. I think you need to go with a, not necessarily a big superstar, but yeah, why not? You need a big superstar to to gather attention, to move away from Kobe. You need an overall of mentality, playing style, go exactly the opposite. And maybe Luke Walton is a guy to do that, and he maybe he's probably moving on like, he has a blueprint of how he wants to play his team, and we've seen the Lakers have some success earlier this season. But you need a big name. You need a big guy that can take attention, that can help the Lakers finally step out of the Kobe shadow. Because if you want to go somewhere, a new direction, you need the beacon. And so they need a new beacon. They need the beacon of light in L.A. for the Lakers. Do you have an idea who that beacon of light would be? <sighs> Needs to be like a LeBron James of sorts. Like that's how big they need. What if they go get a LeBron or something? Is it possible? Feasible? Maybe not. But that's how big they need to get a name to step out of that shadow. Absolutely, they need to foster a winning culture first. I think, and true, the name true, true. will come. And the name will come. But right now, their best bet is to get that guy to get that guy. You know. Get a Paul George in order to get a LeBron. Yeah, yeah that could be the and, case. Yeah, and and right now, right now, I it's it's that guy they need to get. Like, I like D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think he is the answer to all the problem. Brandon Ingram is taking some time to adapt to the NBA, but I think he's going to be a very good, reliable uh, player, maybe a borderline All Star. But they need they need that 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 transcendent superstar which they don't have right now. To finish the show, the tradition <clears throat> continues yes. in 2017, but a little differently. Uh, you want to talk about a player that we talked about before, but that had a great moment in the sun just before the holidays. Yes, last weekend, uh, last week, probably last month, uh, French point guard Frank Tilikina, uh played with France in the Euro, the U18 uh, Euro and led France to a glorious tournament win. And I'm, when I'm saying led France, he really led France. In the in the final game, he had uh, over 30 points. I think it was 31. He shot for 11 out of 16 and 7 out of 11 from 3, which is completely nuts. Like, we, like the biggest interrogation about this kid was, can he shoot? And, like, he shot, not only can shoot, but he can shoot in clutch moments. And he had some terrific defensive possessions where he where he stuffed a three-point attempt on the ball. Like, when he was guarding the ball handler, it, it was almost impossible to do. Um, he, he impressed a lot of people. He jumped to number four in the draft, um, uh, in, the, in the mock draft on Draft Express, which is 
deserved. And I would not even be surprised if he has any more good performances like this to get any higher. Like this kid really, really wants it. This kid has every tool, uh, has every tool uh, possible. So Frank Telekina, like he's on a unicorn alert right now. Like he <laughs> yeah. could be a, a new Kristaps Porzingis once in a generation type of player. Like maybe pick second or third of Raw, but would can you seriously, seriously? see a way where he upsets everybody and gets picked before Markel Fultz? Probably not because Markel Fultz is really like a transcendent talent, but I could see him go number two. I could see, I could see the, uh, the, the Sixers or the Heat because the Heat really stinks this year. Uh, the Lakers, maybe that's the guy that the Lakers need. He, oh, yeah, it would be great. It would be great for the Lakers. I mean, he would, if you put him, if you move D'Angelo Russell, who seems to have forgotten how to pass to shooting guard, you put Frank Kina at point guard, and you got Ingram, you got Nance, you got you got Randall. Now you got a team. Like now you got a young core. Like it's gonna be showtime again in uh, in Los Angeles. All right, Ben. So thanks a lot. Happy New Year once again to you and yours, and we'll continue our Happy New Year wishes next week on the show. And until then, Ben, have a good basketball. You too, man. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.